All right, so you wanted to know, so we looked it up, you the listeners. A <laughs> The width of a proton is 0.84 femtometers. A femtometer is 10 to the minus 15 meters. So one one-thousandth of that would be 0.84 times 10 to the minus 18th meters, mm-hmm. which is pretty darn close to the distance Greg mentioned for the LIGO measurement. So, And keep in mind that the, the Planck length, the lowest theoretical measurement, is 10 to the minus 36. So We're halfway there. <laughs> you still got about 16 orders of magnitude. 14... <laughs> 1450 Yeah, so there's a lot more measuring to be there's done. There's a lot more orders of magnitude to go. So yeah. Okay, because it's not just double, right? Because it's it's, it's <laughs> everyone's another hundred. Yeah. Ten is another ten, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so lots. Lots. Lots of measuring. There's lots of, of stuff in there that uh now what... as far as our theories are concerned is Empty. <laughs> right. So, what's okay, which is so, my, uh, my my next question, which would take more time to pause and research, which I don't plan on doing right now. But the the laser mm-hmm. of LIGO, what was the wave, wavelength of the laser? No. Right, because you can't measure things shorter than the wavelength of the laser. Right. So, just a laser pointer. That, that that's a weird thing. Is it's just a plain old laser pointer they bought off the shelf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> The mirror's quantum material is important, but, you know, any old red LED laser will do. Plain old diode laser. You got got to save money somewhere. (laughs) Spend it where it counts. Um, Okay, I could go into this Bitcoin conversation I had if you care. If it's not too preachy, sure. It isn't too preachy. I I was responding to... Okay. Uh, points from from a Bitcoin fan. Um, I guess it gets preachy in parts, but uh, not. Too, I mean, it's Twitter, so I can't go over point. So I was asked. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> and go into my activity and see. No, no, notifications and see it from there. All right. So th- this was in response to me talking about. Uh, the fundamental flaw of Bitcoin sinking vast, increasing amounts of wealth and the energy into doing useless work for an intangible commodity. Right. His first response to me was, people burn CPU cycles for SETI and get nothing tangible for it. Bitcoin is still being traded at close to $400 per BTC. So my response was a couple of things. I said, uh, people aren't building giant farms to compete with each other for who can help SETI the most. <laughs> it's... It's using waste for a good, but a good for society, not personal economic gain. Uh, and then number two, Bitcoin's value is almost exclusively tied to its usage as a black market currency, relying on the sunk cost of speculators. They have a term for the latter, meaning the sunk cost of speculators, and that's what banks did to fund our most recent depression slash recession. <laughs> There's no money there. There's an out-of-control speculation bubble, and Bitcoin is not too big to fail. Uh, his response was, the societal value of BTC is a separate issue. You were talking about the tangible benefits of CPU cycles, and clearly BTC offers it. 
uh, I say BTC offers it by offering BTC, which means the societal issue is not at all separate if, as you are claiming, BTC is tangible. Um, I may have had other responses to that, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you can get money selling nuclear waste too, but would that be worth it? Um, and says, so he says, my, I, I don't understand what you mean, nuclear waste. Said, the comparison selling nuclear waste is that a harm? You get a tangible benefit. Should you care how it's used? And he says, why is selling? Why is buying BTC as bad as nuclear waste? Why take it to that extreme? I said, uh, is, he says, is BTC dangerous? Can it be used to make dirty bombs? And I said, is gambling dangerous? What about gambling where it's completely unregulated? What about not against the house but everyone? Are blood diamonds bad? Would your hands be clean? Bitcoin relies on enabling criminal enterprises. That is its value. Um, his response, you mean the completely unregulated private poker parties that people host at their house on the weekend? Those are dangerous? My response was, uh, I mean an unregulated game in a seedy part of town with people you don't know in disguises who all want to cheat you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, that's just taking it to the extreme. And I said, I took it to, the, to what Bitcoin is, which is extreme. It relies on mistrust as a feature. It's designed purely to be illicit. Uh he says, every transaction in the history of BTC is recorded. Why would that be part of an illicit, mistrustful design? I said, I only said what it was designed for. I never implied Bitcoin was designed very well. <laughs> <laughs> there are other, there were other notes here, but the, the thing that um, got me was, at a certain point when I was talking about the danger, um, it says, Bitcoin, BTC is just software. It has no awareness of how people use it. I uh, said, if this is the best people can come up with, then it probably shouldn't be used. Uh, he said, you're ascribing motives to technology. It's like saying BitTorn is, is solely used for privacy, for, for piracy, and that's why it exists. I'm ascribing motives, this is me, to the people who created and who promote a technology because that's all I see it used for, ever. He said, would you say the same for the people who promote guns? Uh, and so uh, seeing, <laughs> seeing a spot here... Being like, okay, I could just say, yeah, yes, period. But let me go with, like, the most conservative way I could go, which is people who produce and promote military weapons for the public? Absolutely. And he says, like, full auto guns? Who promotes that? In less than a minute, I found a website that promotes that and posts that. And he said, you got me there. (laughs) (laughs) So... It really wasn't, I mean, you know, I don't know whether that was typical of all Bitcoin conversations I will have, but um, I feel like I made good points. I mean, your point, I think your best arguments rely on, yes, how it is being used today. Because when I was gung-ho, it was about the technology and the potential democratization. I have no illusions that... it has mm-hmm. provided any democratization. I'm not sticking with that ship. That yeah. ship has sailed. Yep. I only arguments I have is, you know, they're really nits on what you were arguing. When I felt you weren't, you were kind of painting with a too broad of a brush, right? That's the only arguments I had. 
it's Twitter. It's not, it's not like I can get really right. specific about sure. things. Uh, but yeah, is is there cases where I paint with too broad of a brush? Sure. Do I think the majority of cases still fit within that brush? Yes. Are there edge cases? There are always edge cases. Oh, sure. But like when you were said, you know, random's not scarce. You know, well, sure. But we're not talking about random, you know, so mm-hmm. that part. You know, that was, yes, I agree. Uh, we, we aren't talking about random specifically with Bitcoin, but I was comparing it to other things that are essentially more, that, that might as well be random, like property on the moon that mm-hmm. is essentially, I mean, I mean, it's specific in terms of you, this is where we're telling you you have space, but you have no idea if that's going to be but, a developed area or not. You have no idea the well, resources that would be on that. It's well, I mean, what you're... Okay, so when you use that analogy, I'm seeing something different because those star registries and moon registries are basically scams. They don't have the authority to allocate you mm-hmm. that property. Where Bitcoin is not exact... I, I get your analogy, but it's not exactly the same thing because yeah. you're actually getting... You're not getting a certificate. You're getting something that does have value in the market right now. Bitcoin doesn't have any authority either. You don't have authority to the number. No, but you have... I would expect, if you look into the star registries and the lunar registries, then the fine print probably says that these certificates are not real deeds and not transferable and blah, 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 blah. But Bitcoin is transferable. It has a value. You're not just buying a certificate. You're not just buying into this gimmick or, I, I don't, or this. Look, I, I don't know that's the case with the star registry. It might be. I know uh, the lunar ones are that way. They don't have the authority to grant you. Uh, I, oh, I know they don't. Have, they don't have any authority whatsoever. But you're talking about essentially numbers. And keep in mind that with Bitcoin, all you have to do is figure out. I, I admit that the computing power isn't there for this to happen randomly very easily. But all you have to do is figure out somebody's private key and you have access to their money and you have no recourse. It's just a number. Uh, there is no authority to um, to define that that number belongs to you. It's just a number. And oh. you, in your wallet, in your Bitcoin wallet, you don't even have actual coins. You just have a pointer. Mm-hmm. to the blockchain that says these particular coins are allocated to this particular address, and the address is just a number, and anybody else could come along if they had your password and take them. They had, the, your, they had your private key and take them. Yes. But, I mean, that's the way that all computer security is working. Yes. you need to. Everyone needs to appreciate how vast the key space is. You could guess a billion guesses a second for thousand years and not exhaust the key space mm-hmm. you know in fact there's a there's a website i forget where it is but but it has access to every single possible bitcoin address that so you could actually go in in this you know trillions of pages <clears throat> and find and, and and get to a bitcoin and actually access it but the chances that you would ever come about one that actually has some right there's so ridiculous there's so much vast emptiness in the key space right Mm -hmm. that's the way so like one thing that's really unintuitive with some of these um private key type things right um sync thing 
sync thing is one of those, or the way BT sync works is you have a private key, or you have a, you have this private key ID, right? This cryptographic ID. You don't have a password to protect it, right? You just have this one thing. So if someone guesses that one thing, you're in. What people have to appreciate is there's so many choices that the odds of them guessing your thing, like you just said, are so minuscule. Not just guessing your thing, guessing any, any hit, yeah. any hit is so minuscule that it's good security. It's great security. You know, sure, you could break that key in half. First half's your username, second mm-hmm. half's the password. Doesn't matter. Just put it together, make it one longer key, and just have this one so token. Give me an example to let you of, in. of where this comes in. There, there are a couple of websites that do things very similar. There's one that has a certain, it's like some 400 characters of text or something. Uh, and any possible text in in that four hundred characters can be presented just by changing the algorithm. But and so you could like find that text anyway. But that just means it doesn't mean that that the text is already made. It just means that you can find in this space that text. And the same thing. There's one for images too. And so you can find in this space. Mm-hmm. You can match your image to a code. That you can then reproduce with this, and like then you can have things that are just you know one pixel off in some where where mm-hmm. that, but it's still you, you can get a you put a huge image in there, and uh, or an image of you and your family that would technically be could be expressed by a number, and mm-hmm. that means that that number exists, and all the numbers near it exist, and all those possibilities exist in some right. sense. Right. I mean, you could even just hash the picture, right? Yeah. If you do SHA-512, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a huge number, you know, and uh, it's, it's part of the key space and go from there. Um, since we're talking about, like, programming things, one of the things I came across this week, look it up. It's called JSFUCK. J-S-F-U-C-K. That reminds me, I don't know if this is anything, but it, there is a um, uh, LOL cat... No, no, Hello Cat language or something? Okay. Um, not Hello Cat, but what's the... There's a language based on that. Lawspeak. Lawspeak, yeah. yeah. No, look up JSFuck. It's, um... So this is kind of a cross-site scripting thing that uh, is effective against eBay. And eBay's not going to do something to fix it. It's kind of um, a JavaScript Python extraction mm-hmm. language. And you can kind of see how they're using just four or six characters, right? They're using brackets, braces exclamation point and what's the last character pluses and with those six characters you can get you can evaluate any other character so you can write full javascript in just six characters you know there's an there's an evaluation step but so you can is if a site isn't filtering to like block this stuff you can do cross-site scripting you can do all kinds of not crazy shit with this this is hello L world hello world in LOL code. Okay. Hi, one point two. Wait, what's shown? Okay. Can has standard hell. <laughs> Visible hi world. Okay, thanks, bye. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> That's great. I use K thanks bye on uh, my work Slack thing on Friday. <laughs> Something was broken like uh, empl- the employee who maintains this no longer works here. Uh-huh. Okay, thanks. Bye. Um, where is it? Because the 
like the the loops and stuff are great. Um, Can I ask is Speedo? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, learn to no, no, that's not okay. So, gimme is is reading a string, um, declaring a variable as I has a in the variable, <laughs> and if you assign a variable I has a blank, it's blank. So um, they're actually in a, uh, oh yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a full interpreter. Um, <laughs> put that in the Slack channel. Okay. So I can remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's... There's... A, an evaluation. Oh, really? And there's, yeah, really? And no way. <laughs> and else, else would be like, oh, I see. Or an end would be, oh, I see. <laughs> it sounds like a try accept. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. LOL code, MFR. LOL code. Um, and and if you read it, I mean, it's just it, like you read a program and it's it's hysterical. Um, <laughs> share, share. <laughs> Hi, 1.3. I'm in your loop up in your VAR until both same VAR. <laughs> I'm out of your loop. K okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> I love the K okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> That's awesome. What else she got? Boy, this is good stuff. Much was carrying through. No, so. no, it, it's, it's okay. Let's see. Uh, and did you have anything? Um, did you see that OK Go video where they shot it in the? I haven't watched the video yet. I mean, it's pretty cool. So OK Go put out a new video on Friday, Thursday maybe, and it's shot in one of those zero G dive planes. You know, that the flies the parabolic curve, right? Yeah, vomit comet. Hmm? Vomit comet. Vomit comet. Yeah, this one I think it was a Russian plane. They actually flew in. But uh, it's pretty cool because, I mean, the, movie, the video is, what, three and a half minutes long or something like that. And, but a dive can only be, like, 40 seconds or something like that. 27, I think. 27 like seconds. That, yeah. So they had to do a bunch of flights. But, you know, they kind of froze everything, got, you know, everything lined up, with, and then morphed, you know, the cuts to get them. To, and it goes pretty well. Sometimes you see, you know... They, you know, the video starts out like like many OK Go videos, right? It starts out pretty tame, and then you know more and more insanity happens, and so at the end, like they're not just throwing balls and confetti everywhere, but like they're popping balloons that are full of paint, and paint's like splattering on the walls and zero G and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty cool. Okay. And they have two dance two uh, two dancers dressed as stewardesses, and they're like gymnasts type thing. So they're doing like some pretty interesting, you know, spins and stuff in zero G. But you know, appreciating that it's only twenty some seconds of free fall, and they had to stitch all this together, and like not just the people, but like all the balls that are still on the floor and stuff like that. You know, 
really from what cool. I read they because I did read an article about it where mm-hmm. they they did it all in wouldn't say one take but all in one flight yeah uh, and they just would stop when yeah, yeah. basically pause so um, I showed it to the, practice I showed it to Allie right and she's like oh I know these guys her music teacher has been showing oh. her showing her OK Go videos and so she like showed me a couple that I didn't know about there's one where there's a Mentos one there's yeah, there's one. So the one treadmills one is the one that treadmills the original. Yeah. But if you haven't looked at some of the other ones, there's some really some good. They did the Rube Goldberg one, yeah, which took did, a couple yep. like a hundred takes or something. They did another one that was all about perspective. It was like in the same warehouse, but like the camera had to move into perspective to see certain things, and they did a lot of um, optical illusions and stuff. It was really cool. That one's worth watching. And then the one Ali said, you got to watch this one. She's like, the car makes music, right? So they're all sitting in a car, and there's all this gear. There's microphones on top of the car. Mm-hmm. And they start at, like, slamming the doors in the back and whatnot. And then they drive down a track, and there's, like, these, like, arms that are coming out of the car. And they have, like, probably, like, 80 pianos on its side. And this arm's, like, hitting the keys on the pianos as they drive by. And the pianos are spaced apart to do the beat because the car's moving at mm-hmm. somewhat constant speed. And then there's this other arm that's hitting electric guitars, and they probably have 100 electric guitars all lined up and, you know, hitting barrel. Like, it's... It's a lot of money to me. Crazy. I mean, you should see how many pianos are laying on their side so this thing can hit the keys. It's bonkers. Great. Good. And... um the the two the the Rube Goldberg. I wish the music was interesting. Yeah, yeah. The Rube Goldberg and the perspective one, and the car one. There's another one they did in Japan where um, it was another single shot. They like doing these long single shots, right? But the camera was on a drone, right? Mm-hmm. So you know they do these things like it pulls up and it looks like a crane shot, but then it just keeps on going, right? And then like they're like a hundred feet up looking down and. They have a bunch of dancers, and they're doing it like an, an LCD like scoreboard type thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like doing a really slow refresh rate, and they, they use umbrellas as the pixels, right? So they're like flipping them on and off, and it, it, like you see the stuff oh, updating yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I saw across that. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. parking lot, and it's so good. Yeah. And then the last one, I'm gonna, I'll end this soon. Don't worry. No, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful example of synchronization. It's and well. These guys are just like video yeah. geniuses, yeah. and then the last well, whoever one, the director is is video no. geniuses. Yeah, the, the yeah the guy they trust in the last one I saw was a bunch of like stop action animation, right? Where they're in this park, and it starts out like not too weird, and then it gets to the point where like they're doing like like basically they're like look like they're like they're not moving, but they're sliding along the ground and stuff, and mm-hmm. like it, like they like goes to night. But the craziest part about this is. The mouth, the the lip syncing to the audio, while it's not perfect, it's amazingly good. Because they're just doing like stop action animation, you know? And they're trying to sync up live audio to just one frame. Well, keep in mind that's how stop motion, I mean, you know, you just, especially with, with cartoon characters, yeah. it's a lot easier to... Express just a slightly open mouth, a slightly wider. Yeah, mouth. maybe maybe they were trained on how to yeah. just do vague mouth movements, mm-hmm. but uh, oh, it's 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 just fascinating watching this one. And and like I knew about many of these OK goes, but you know, there's a couple of new ones I learned about the car one, the stop action one. And they're definitely interesting. Yeah, like I said, I wish the music was like more than just pop bullshit, but uh, the 
the visualization yeah. is really cool. I I was thinking about I I'm trying to figure out how to get how to get across what I is and I keep failing and I thought we do that. Well, th- this might be this might help a little okay. bit. All right, just think about a a a, gra- a graph like this. Um, you know, just like you got a, a X on yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. So I don't know what accesses are they are yet, but imagine X and Y. And, and if you think about what we talked about, when you know one goes one gets smaller, the other one get, gets larger, right? If you think about what that would mean, it would kind of be like that. It would and having this pencil just sort of cross and mm-hmm. it crosses as one gets as one gets larger, the other gets smaller, and not to be exactly right, but it would go like that, but it would basically mean that you'd have a sort of linear relationship. So you drew a diamond. You have a rhombus. Rhombus. Right? Okay. Um, the thing is that that's not what we notice. What we see is that extra bit, that circle. So where I is in defining mm-hmm. all of these points out here, so that's where I comes in. And that may just help. Get it across a little bit. What there's a difference. There there is something going else going on here. Yeah, I don't think it helps. Okay, I'm confused at trying to understand what you're trying to explain. It doesn't help. Okay, us. never mind. Don't I don't want to don't no. want to bother because I didn't really think out all that way through. I just was like maybe this will help, but it helped me. Maybe it won't help. You. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't get where your rumpus came from. I don't understand the. The impetus for even introducing the rhombus. Uh, it, it, this is a linear relationship between... So this kind of goes down like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, or, or, or this starts out like this and slowly goes like that. Okay. So like <laughs> one of those graphs where you draw a line from 1 to 10, 2 mm-hmm. to 9... Three right, to, right. So you kind of drew something like that, where it has that little curvy geometric thing right. going on. But that only gets you out to a point that would be on this rhombus, as opposed to if you wrap a radius around, you actually follow a curve. Right. As opposed to a straight right. line. I understand that. But why are you dismissing the radius? Because it seems like that's kind of an important part of it. Well, the, well, the thing is that you can't, get to the rhombus by simply inducing that when this value goes up, this value... You can only get the rhombus by inducing that when this value goes up, this value goes down. But if you take this value and use the square root of negative 1 of that value, Mm -hmm. then you draw this circle. Oh, okay. Where the rhombus is... Using a ratio, mm-hmm. the if you use i, it round it bases on a radius, right, and a proportion, as opposed to just a straight up ratio or something like that, right. Okay, maybe there's something there. I think you just need to work on the delivery. Yeah. I, I think you'd have to have. I, I get the two things. I'm not sure why the ratio would have ever been introduced, right? Um, when I was expressing it, there was the concept of well, why? Why is this? This is X, and this is just a Y. Why can't they just? Why does it have to be labeled as I? 
and uh, so I'm, the, re- the reason why I was thinking about this was because I was thinking about um, I was thinking about electric when you when you're talking about uh, we're talking about electric current we're talking about anything like involving electricity you're talking about you know some some wave and you die is is really used a lot in here and, and part of the reason is because um any point on this how can i put this this is a radius right this is some radius uh and your point your amplitude is going to be one over r of whatever it is if it's going on a sphere your power is one over r squared so what you're doing is you're doing the absolute magnitude of this um, radius okay. and that gives you a power and then if you take that and that's sort of like okay all, all that that's saying is you take this wave and you uh, or to, so you put it on this graph and you say uh, okay, you take this wave and you say alright square it it means you know you've now had a you have a surface instead of just a wave because you've yeah. squared mm-hmm. and I would just try it. I would just think in my mind, well, I comes really handy when you're doing this because, but I was like, well, no, that doesn't really describe things very well. I don't know. It, it, it just something that was popping through my head. And I thought that might, that might give you some, because a, a lot of this comes into, if I just were to give you equations that use I, that wouldn't help. Because it doesn't really explain anything. This is more explaining where all this comes from. Right. I don't know. An equation that is intuitive that uses I might help. All right, I'll 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 think about it. Try you to know, one that's not too abstract. The ones, yeah. You know, it's the like we talked about in the pre-show. Find the relativity is important for GPS satellites type right. example, which everyone gets. Right, that's what you need to find. Yeah. But I mean, like we talked about how uh, electromagnetic wave is a transverse wave, so it has this component and it has some perpendicular component, and the power is some point. Right, an absolute magnitude in between them. All right, I, that's new. To, I don't know that part okay. really. So, my electricity knowledge is not into that part of it. Ohm's law, that kind of thing. Yeah, is, there, I mean, the reason why I was thinking about because I was gravitational waves. You know, my mind is set in that, and there, there is. So, when after Einstein came up with general relativity, uh, there was an attempt, a beautiful mathematical idea which was okay you can now describe space time as this geometric object can we also do the same thing for other forces and there was a theory kaluza klein theory which uh came up with the idea that yeah if you add another dimension to space you can describe electromagnetism as a geometric object. Uh, and it works. Uh, the problem is, where is it? Where is this extra dimension to space? Mm-hmm. We don't see it. Um, in fact, string theory sort of came out of taking clues of client to the next level. But we don't see these other dimensions, so we fail to be able to express these. Because uh, gravity is a classical field theory, and electromagnetism was originally a classical field theory. I mean, Einstein wouldn't have been able to come up with the stuff if Maxwell hadn't come along and described 
described electromagnetism as this classical field, and what which is this vibrating thing that uh, you know you move a charge around, and that makes this wave happen in this field, and you move a mass around in gravity, and that makes this wave happen in gravity, uh, and. It's it's really just an extension of that, but instead of being a dipole movement, it's a quadrupole movement in gravity. Mm-hmm. So you can see how just it, it's sort of like an extension is taking that that stuff that Maxwell came up with and making a really generalization and throwing that out there. I don't know. I, this is all the stuff you know. As I'm reading about gravitational waves, again, mm-hmm. I'm not a relativity guy, but. I know enough about it to be like, there's so much cool here that I wish I could express, and I don't have the way to express it. I'm not, a, a, not nearly good enough a scientific teacher to, to express that in good ways. I'm just trying to think of ways that I can, and you're, you are my, you and everybody's listening <laughs> right. are my, uh, are my guinea pigs in that. Why isn't there anything good on TV right now? Um, it's maybe it's gonna start now. Oh, the Super Bowl's over. I mean, so the, like the only decent thing I'm watching right now is Colony, which I, I'm not sure I want to recommend it for you. It's not Mr. Robot for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, it's the, so the thing I would say is that there's there's plenty of decent TV on. It's just there's not there is always going to be very little like exceptional TV. Yeah. Better Saul Call. Better Better Saul Call. Better Saul Call is coming back. Okay, soon, like really soon, I think. Okay, great. Uh, And um, have you have you looked at Colony or have you heard about Colony at all? I've heard about it. So it's uh, um, a Carlton Cuse. It's it's got yeah, it's got uh, what's his name, Josh Holloway. Yeah, Holloway in it. And um, I don't know the actress's name, but the uh, the mom from Walking Dead who died. I never watched okay. a, a, she's, a second of the yeah, She's in that. Um, I may have seen like a preview. Some kind of... Like a, uh, the, the, the governor of the block looks familiar, but I'm not sure where I've seen him from. He looks a little bit like um, Steve Carell. But it's not Steve Carell. Do you know of an actor that looks kind of like Steve Carell? Steve Carell. Well, okay, now there's another guy <laughs> that looks kind of like him. Um, Steve Carell looks a lot like Steve Carell. <laughs> he does. I'll give you that some kind of alien invasion show where they've kind of parceled off Los Angeles and you got the haves and the haves nots and you never see the aliens except they got these drones that shoot you know bullets and kill people when being bad I don't know and uh, so like Josh Holloway's wife is kind of working with the resistance and he was trying to find his son who's locked away in a different sector. When the invasion happened, he was away and you can't, you can't transit sectors and uh, get caught. So it's either he like dies or works for the alien government. So now he's like, and he has like special forces background. So he's really good at hunting down the bad guys or the good guys, depending on your point of view. And, um, let me show you something you can do with your kids. I'll leave these for you because I have some more at home. Put ask your kids to get these. So you got these little magic foam balls, right? The ones you can squish yeah. up really small. You get these squeezed up in here and just grab one and say, "Hey, Al, you're Max, put out your hand. Put out your mm-hmm. hand. All right, and putting my hand out. Yeah, and I and see. You, you know, I can see the. You got. You yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not don't doing flip your well. hand over. Yeah. But okay, so. 
Now, bring out your other hand too. What we're gonna do is we're gonna collapse it. Okay, now, I want you to take this. No, not, not yet. Get your hand, other hand on top, ready to get on top of it, okay? All right, now, I want you to smash this as hard as you can. Okay, good. Now, I want you to imagine that me touching your hands is me distracting from the fact that I put three in there. Uh-huh. Uh, and so now, as I say, I want you to imagine that three, that, that, that those balls are multiplying. <laughs> yeah it, it, it's yeah i'm just trying to figure out the it takes you know the sleight of hand part that's the hard part right, right. i mean you got the gag the the trick object you got these really collapsible balls so i'm holding these down in my last two fingers my ring finger my pinky i'm kind of closing them there and holding this in my index finger my thumb like here Let's see look. if you look at your hand yeah. Yeah, you gotta be really Yeah. Okay, so hold it out in your index finger. The the the, 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 the yeah. The I, pinky I use... wants to come away from the ring finger mm-hmm. and show the ball, so you gotta kinda pinch that down. Right. And like here you go. And then the handoff though, you can't just keep it on your index finger. You kinda gotta bring it into your palm of your hand and kinda give it to him. Right. And that's why I was you know, so I was touching yeah. your hand because what I was because as I'm doing that, that that's distracting them from feeling that there's other objects going on to them yeah, than something yeah. else. So there's all uh, there's that. It's going to be easy. It. It'll be relatively easy to pull this off on. A oh, I can't. Sure, sure, sure. See this ball, but it, I mean, the real magic happens when, when you when it looks like they put one in your hand and three. I mean, because mm-hmm. they they're like, what? How did that happen? I just saw one. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, they won't be expecting that. Mm-hmm. And, they can't feel more than one ball right. really because it's squished. <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow. Cool. Unless you want me to save it for you next week. No, no, no. Okay. But they are neat. These little little ball things. You do lots of cool tricks with them. Scam people. <laughs> you could. You absolutely could. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, there's there probably is, but I just haven't thought of it. So, what was this post about? How close do I have to be to a black hole merger for the gravitational waves? Oh, this waves is, okay. So, so there's there's a couple of interesting things about the, the gravitational waves that I, I was thinking about. Which is one thing is they're not just waves in space; they're waves in space time. So that has to be thought of. Um, mm-hmm. So you're not just stretching space; you're stretching time as well. Um, and it, in terms of though the actual effect that it has, in order for you to so one one question was how close would you have to be to it to this effect, which was this was an enormously energetic event, uh, such that three stellar masses were were radiated as gravitational waves. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Uh, how close would you have to be to be killed? by the gravitational wave stretching your body apart. And somebody did the math and said, okay, well, a human being... Um, so there'd be, there'd Has be, a tensile strength of... There, there's a differential... I mean, there'd be a differential between time, between space-time, between part of you and one system and, and another. Now, is this like the spaghetti spaghettiification? No, it's more no. like being pulled apart because part of you is in a different space-time than another. Right. But it's still... Kind it's of somewhat, kind of, sort of like it, uh, but in order for it to work to kill you, you'd have to be inside the event horizon of one of these black holes. So imagine you're in a, a wave pool, right? 
and you get a current that's pulling you in two mm-hmm. different directions. The strength of that to rip your body in two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in order for you to even feel it, you would have to be within a couple thousand miles of this. Uh, where all the radiation and everything else you, would already you, kill you. You would almost certainly be yeah, destroyed. So that gives you an idea of just how... Small. How, yeah, how... Light, insignificant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's how, how hard it is, therefore, to detect. Uh, and yet, like I said, the if you think of space as not this rubber sheet, but as an extraordinarily stiff thing, uh, then you sort of see how large, how powerful gravity is. Because even, you know, it takes huge amounts of energy to perturb this. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it two ways. It's relative, right? I mean, yeah. it takes a lot of energy to launch a rocket out of Earth's orbit. Yeah. That was another thing I was thinking of, right? Because I was thinking of um, not ju- I mean, if, there's, if you go back in time, like 300, 400 years ago, and, and showed somebody current technology, that it would be not just magic. It would be miraculous, and it would be... Uh, essentially, it would seem like all powerful. Yeah, somebody. I mean, even if you took, I mean, like obviously a cell phone, th- they wouldn't think, oh, this is just sort of a screen somebody showing me. That you would be showing them some flat surface well, that somehow has a thing alive in it that is dynamic and is producing. You, light. you know what they'd appreciate more? A water faucet. Well, but but. Here's the thing, like... I guess 400 years isn't old enough for that. Think about something like... Even something as regular to us, I suppose, as a Saturn V rocket. Right? I mean, they're... Well, we can't make those anymore. We could. We don't. We'd have to relearn how to do the whole thing. We don't, like, But we could make it. It, It's possible. I mean, just... uh, Any rocket, but a Saturn V is, to me, an example of, 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 like, an amazing piece of engineering. But anyway... Like, let's say you're a thousand years ago and someone showed you a Saturn V rocket. Now, you wouldn't get that this is a rocket. This You wouldn't get even that this is a machine. This is somehow a object that is tall and thin and ridiculously tall. And then and God gets angry at it and it makes tons of noise. Nothing, nothing you know of can be that tall and that thin and be stable. This is something that is that tall. It's seemingly solid. And then when it... And then from... Miles away, you you hear it, you hear it, you first see it, and then you hear this incredible loud noise, and you see this ridiculous fire coming out of it that comes from apparently nowhere, and it moves ridiculously fast. This is this 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 is magic. This is a a beam of this is you know f- coming off of a beam of light or something, right? If you were interpreting mm-hmm. this from a thousand years ago, how else would you see it? You wouldn't see it as, oh, this is a machine that people are using to get to space. This is a, it, it's, it's a magic, it's a magic method to get to the heavens. There's nothing else you could, mm-hmm. you could say about it. Um, just being in this, in this world where we're used to those sorts of things makes it so we fail to see how, um, how amazing and well, how how amazing just physics is. Uh, it came about because I because somebody was saying um, 
that they were talking about how they're they have a girlfriend and she, all, all she you know she just has a an idea of well there must be something more to it that, than all this and my response was like well there is get her into physics and and there I mean introduce her to physics there is a lot more to this and we can do stuff with it. Like it's demonstrable and true, and we can do things with it. And and if you were to take this back a couple hundred years, it would be beyond. It would be godlike. Mm-hmm. It would be absolutely godlike what you could do in terms of their perspective on the world. It would be godlike. You could destroy, you know, <laughs> uh, you could destroy civilizations with the technology we have from physics. You could. Level towns that is godlike power from you know, and now we know that no, it's you know, it's tiny and significant power compared to what's out there in the universe, but sure, that's not what they knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our conception of God keeps getting larger and larger as our conception of the universe gets larger and larger. But ultimately, the wonderful stuff out there not only is there wonderful, amazing stuff out there, there's got to be more out there, but we can quantify it and write it down, we can use it we can make so we can make a gravitational wave detector speaking of writing things down cursive hmm. cursive language or cursive writing i just listened to a podcast about it and so like i don't expect Allie is going to learn cursive why should she well why should she exactly i don't but i i think that our school is progressive enough that they've realized that it's not useful uh, to learn other than... It's, just, like, it's like learning Morse code. It, it, it was useful at a time. There's a period it where... It's not useful anymore. Yes. However, there is... It was very... So there, so there is like studies sponsored by BIC that, you know, makes you smarter, right, cursive. But there's independent studies that says for note-taking... It's more effective to write down notes than to type notes because you can't, you know, once you're a good typist, you can't write as fast as you can type. So people who take notes on computers tend to take more verbatim notes Uh and people who type or write notes out, either print or writing, have to process the data and, you know, basically uh, compress what they're Mm -hmm. writing. And that process right there is um, seems to be the the important part of note taking. And the, the researchers have tried to do things like make people wear mittens or gloves when they're typing, or just have an app that slows down how fast they can type. And really, none of it has worked for their studies. Mm-hmm. Where there's so they have people take notes from a lecture, and then they take. A test which has two types of questions. It has the, um, like, what's the first word? Uh, the factual questions and then the conceptual questions. So, like, a rote questions of, of just plain old facts. And, and then con- the concepts, right? And um, the conceptual questions, the people who take handwritten notes do, like, order, like, a standard, half a standard deviation better. But does it have to be cursive? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is handwriting versus yeah, typing, yeah. this part of it. it. The podcast was about cursive, um, but this particular study was about handwritten notes versus typed notes. I can see that, but I don't think that helps cursive at all. 
No, no. I, I introduced it with the cursive yeah. thing. Um, but really the fascinating part was that the rest of it was, yes, there, it's like there was a, a legislator in somewhere who feels that she wanted to introduce a bill that required cursive in the state schools because if we don't teach cursive, they can't read the founding documents of the country. But who can read Hebrew? You know, yeah. like you know, she's a religious type, no doubt. You know, and who wants to read the Bible? She can't read the Bible in its original right. language. It was originally, I mean, it was originally sung, right? And it was originally probably in the, there's Hebrew. At least the uh, the the New Testament would have been Aramaic or Roman, or you know, she yeah. can't read Greek. Roman. It would have been Greek. If you can't read Roman, you know, there should be a law saying you should be able to read Roman because who knows what could have got lost Latin because you could have got lost in translation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's it, yeah, I agree. There's there's pretty things that came out of cursive. There, it was very useful for a time. It really is not useful anymore. We, uh, it, it's like people. They were, who, so the podcast went in talking a little bit about shorthand. Oh yeah, and how. Actually, you know, shorthand could be a useful skill because when you do that whole brain processing thing, well, actually, they're not, there's not studies, but they interviewed a guy who's a journalist and he does the Greg version of shorthand. He can write in shorthand like 150 words a minute. Hmm. Like every letter is like a single stroke. There's no multiple stroke letters. Um, if you write the letter R, which their R doesn't have the little ligature on it, right? It's just kind of a up and over thing. It could mean A-R-E. It could mean our. It could mean O-U-R or H-O-U-R, right? Anything that sounds like R. Mm-hmm. And then when you put it in the context of the sentence, you figure out which so one it is. So short is mostly phonetic, is, is that? Yeah, it's yeah. phonetic. You don't write any letters that you don't hear. And it's very phonetic. The, the letters themselves are very simplified no ligatures no extra strokes uh you know a b is kind of like a backwards j okay yeah you know you don't even close the whole thing mm-hmm. um you know an r would be like the upside down version of that uh i think my i remember my mom showing me some shorthand she learned you know back when she was a kid you know going to school to be a good secretary right so she 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 learned shorthand and i remember her showing me some of the letters and it looked like just scratches and scribbles and stuff like that and um so shorthand would be a good thing for note-taking because there's a lot of that processing going on when you're for the contextual part of it however like the journalist mentioned you know he's so good at shorthand it's almost a direct path from his ears to his yeah, hand. Yeah, and, and you so know? you lose that, you lose that, uh, that the conceptual thing, right? Together. Because he's not figuring out what not to write. He's able to. He's actually able to do the um, verbatim transcription because he can write so fast. Not only that, but another thing to really consider, uh, which I don't think is considered in this, is okay. You're you're talking about people listening to a lecture, going to a lecture writing down the stuff and then being quizzed afterwards, right? But we live in a time when you can record these things, audio and video, mm-hmm. and watch them again and again and again and get the concepts later. So you don't have to have the immediate record available. Well, that, that's a, so I think what you're getting to is a very interesting question. 
for most of history for you to be able to use knowledge or to use a skill it has to be encoded in your brain Mm -hmm. there's a new skill set available today and that is to be able to find the relevant information that you don't know and use that right it's just part of evolution part of human development and yeah so what's more valuable you know person a remembering thousands of things or person b who remembers not much of anything but has the ability but has the ability to find it in minutes and is he ever go is that person ever going to be in an environment without his research tools without yeah. connectivity right it depends on your job right i mean if you're in a survival situation you it's know, good to have that it's good to have head, that in yeah. your head if you're talking about um your employment situation you know mostly that can be if you can efficiently find and implement mm-hmm. like so last week or so i've been working on some um private cloud like virtualization stuff and i'm trying to get a windows image up and running right so i've been writing some stuff in powershell yeah. i don't want to learn powershell syntax we but can find examples everywhere. The, the stuff on MSDN and TechNet, uh-huh. I don't have much good to say about Microsoft, but there are examples on TechNet for PowerShell stuff. They have the the kind of the man page. At the bottom, they have excellent examples. Mm-hmm. And so many of the examples, I've just been able to lift the entire example and use it for you what should, I want to do. You mention man page manual, not, yeah, like, man, not for man. Yeah, manual page. <laughs> yeah, it's a Unix term. Man yeah. page in Unix yeah. is kind of the document that, tells you the attributes to run a command and so in powershell they have the same kind of things on their stuff but their examples at the bottom are better than the unix Mm -hmm. man pages Mm -hmm. and i've been able to lift just so many like okay i want to have a powership that adds the that activates windows and adds the product key oh look right there boom i want to have one that joins a domain oh look there boom and maybe you won't get it in one example or one lecture but if you do a couple examples it will be in your head ultimately and right eh, like my case i don't want to to spend the time to commit if you had to learn powershell no i could yeah then after a while of just doing, you know, yeah, maybe writing it by hand would have been a quicker way. But you don't need to do that anymore. And you have access to all this stuff. And eventually you won't need that source for, for a lot of these things that, that will come in your head. Um, it, all things take time to learn. Uh, and, yeah, there may be some advantage, some slight advantage uh, to to using to to you know doing that conceptual thing with your right if you if you have access to inf- information only once we don't live in that world anymore. Yeah, I mean there's there's certain base level you need right. You don't want to have a person who has to pull up a calculator to do simple multiplication. I mean, I, I guess it depends on the use case, right? But um, you would figure. In the analog world, it would be useful to be able to, you know, know what four groups of five are. Yeah, but why stress out my brain while I'm doing other things when I have a calculator? Like, I have eight places I can store my, my watch, my phone, uh, you know, the computer that's nearby. Right. There's, but, there's eight okay. calculators on, on me. But you, okay, okay. But 
would you be able to geek out with the the math and physics you're doing right now if you didn't have multiplication tables no, but, memorized in your head, you know? I mean, so... Well, yeah, sure. Without multiplication, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, it, I mean, I wouldn't be able to geek out on the concepts, but the, I would only geek out on the concepts if I love the concept enough to, to learn sure. them regardless. But, I mean, I'm saying the foundation. I, I think that, you know, it should be pretty in... I'm all about progress marching on. Mm-hmm. I'm all about not having Well, it doesn't have, matter whether you're a batter or not, it's going to happen. Well, I, but yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not yeah. being conservative with progress marching on. I'm not saying that you have to have encyclopedic knowledge of everything you do in your job in your head, as long as you know how to find it efficiently right. and implement it well. Great. I think there's some baseline. You know, I'm trying to figure out exactly how I feel about this, but like I said, you know, if I say, what's four groups of five... Uh-huh. And it takes you several minutes. 89. If it takes you a minute to yeah. figure that out, well, that's a yeah, sure. But but if I say okay, what's the tact? You know, okay, what, what's your tip on this? And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that in my head. Uh, let me just go bring out the calculator. That's not that bad. No, no, no. But you, I mean, for estimating stuff. Yeah, you know, you. Oh, sure, but there's I, so like, many things you need. Yeah, to yeah, do. but I mean, like. But there's a difference between between a basic understanding of the con- of conceptual math and very specific understanding of of multiplication tables, which I don't feel like you, people need. Um, so, um, speaking of math, you know, Allie's one of Allie's favorite subjects is math, which is, psychs me out. Right? She sees them as a bunch of puzzles. It's great. I'm going to do everything I can to keep her on that track. So, I saw this on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. And I threw it at Allie. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is perfect. Allie, what's the answer? I didn't give her any guidance. Okay, three apples is 30. Apple plus two bananas is 18. A banana minus coconuts is equal to two. What is a coconut plus an apple plus a banana? All right, well, let's see here. Three apples is 30. So, that means likely I think an apple is 10. Apple is 10, yeah. So. Uh, three plus banana plus banana is eight. So the second line I had to help her out with. I was hoping she, but she wasn't patient enough. Uh-huh. I, I tried to give her the clue. I'm like, if you take an apple off of both sides of the equation, this is kind of algebraic thinking. She's not so Common Core math in second grade is doing pre-algebra, mm-hmm. and it's great. But she had she wasn't able to get the second line. She couldn't do the apple. Right. Take ten away, and then two bananas equals eight, or two bunches of bananas equal eight. Right. So that would be my guess. Would be bananas or four? No. Now what she did pick out. I'll let you finish first. Four minus coconuts would be two. So that means the coconuts are two. So coconuts plus apple that would be twelve plus bananas four that would be sixteen. But you know what she's noticed? Two halves of a coconut is ah, two, and the bottom line is one, one half coconut. of a coconut. That, that's true. She noticed that. And then what she didn't notice, and what I didn't notice until I was looking at the comments, is that um, a, a four bunch of bananas equals four, but the bottom is a three bunch of bananas. Huh. But that one's too sneaky because it's not very well defined. Well, no, but what it does show you, what it really does show you, and that's interesting because she noticed it and we didn't, right? She noticed the half a coconut. She didn't notice the four bunch we versus three bunch. We aren't as trained to look at iconography. As young kids are, with um, 
emoticons and all the other stuff mm-hmm. came into language relatively recently. Mm-hmm. And kids have grown up with it now. And like I said, you know, I, I mentioned before, I think emoticons, some of them are going to be imp- turned into language the same way that punctuation has. Uh, th- so we, so they're, they're used to looking at pictures and seeing differences. Mm-hmm. And we just, and we're just very general. What I don't like is the coconuts in the, Mm-hmm. Two halves of a coconut, yeah. there's a perspective, and you don't know whether they're equal halves or not. Okay, sure. Well, so Ali... Well, you don't know whether the bananas I, are equal either, if you're... If you're well, Ali assumed they were equal halves. So if the person who made this up to do a Facebook million retweet, mm-hmm. you know, 100,000 people answering it wrong, you know, because you didn't pay attention to the detail, it's not clear that... Those are half yeah. coconuts. It's not clear. Now, what what you could say is that from the iconography, since they're separated, each image is separated by some sort of, uh, um, like the apples are separated by pluses. The, mm-hmm. the bananas are separated by pluses. So that indicates that these are separate. The, these indicate individual uh, units, individual right? They units. should represent right. a number, right, and not so. Two halves of a coconut and one half of a coconut should mean the same thing because there's mm-hmm. not pluses, right? I mean, or at least uh, since you have two halves of coconut here and you have one half of coconut here, you, you aren't. You can make the you can make the argument both ways, right? Because yeah. it should have the symbol, but you you would say that this represents one number because these are all representing one number. Mm-hmm. And so this probably represents one number as well, but it's technically not the same. But it's picture. technically not the same picture. So I mean, there's there's much ways. And then the it. bananas are even more infuriating because the four bunches of yeah. bananas only have this tiny little few pixel line mm-hmm. that represents the fourth banana, and then the three bunch looks just the same except that it's missing just that yeah. hid, almost hidden fourth yeah. banana. But um, so they should have used apples, oranges, and I. I <laughs> Well, it depends on... It was Facebook. They wanted to trick yeah. people. They wanted people to feel dumb for not being able to do simple math. Um, I was proud of her for seeing the iconography difference. I was hoping she could figure the whole thing out. She wasn't in the mood to figure out the second line. Yeah. You know, basically reducing the apple off of both sides of the equation. Mm-hmm. And I thought she could do it because they were just doing that. Where they were just doing... They were taking a math mountain. Math Mountain is where you have the two add-ins and the sum on the top. You know, so here, let me draw one out for you. All right. But they've been doing, I mean, it's a very central part of Common Core math. So if you have um, 18 and 21 over here, you do an upwards mountain and you have, you know, 39 Math Mountain. So they take the math mountain and they've been writing out all the equations. So 18 plus 21 equals 39. 21 plus 18 equals 39. 39 equals 18 plus 21. And 39 equals 21 plus 18. So they've been working on all that stuff. So I was hoping she was getting to the point where she could. So she's talking about distributive properties of. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. So I was hoping she could see that Apple thing and know to take it out, but they haven't got that far yet. So she had a, um, in her school homework, they have a stretcher thinking. And it's like, how can you take this and get the possible equations down to two? 
when you, I mean, so basically, the writing every each number is in each of three spots right, yeah, yeah. in the equations there. And the question was, how can you uh, reduce that by half or get the, get, you know, make a math mountain that only has two equations? Two equations. You could take, <laughs> take 18 out of both sides. Well, what if you made the bottom two numbers, the add-ins, the same number? Because when you flip them, it's really the same equation. Right. So 11 plus 11 equals 22. But you couldn't do that at 39 unless you use fractions. Well, no, no, no. But like what mouth mountain would only have two different equations to solve? Oh, right? okay. So yeah, 11 yeah. plus 11 equals 39. And 39 equals 11 plus 11 would be the only two equations you could write. 11 equals 22. Oh, I'm sorry. What? 22. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking at the 39s. Okay, so okay. I apologize. You know, and uh, I was hoping she would get that. I had to give her a little couple clues to, yeah. to figure that one out. Well, I, I didn't get it either, so <laughs> I, I probably didn't read. I didn't probably didn't describe it like the text did, but yeah, but it, it, it sounds like Allie's as smart as I am, so that that's a good sign, she, or or, or, she, know, or a bad sign. Well, <laughs> no, it's. I mean, like, I'm super psyched. Math is not tedious; it's a fun puzzle. Yeah. to her, that's awesome. It, it it definitely helps to to think of it in that way because. Uh, Everything, even stuff you love, will become tedious at some point. You know what I, I, I usually ask? So when I get home from work, I ask Allie two things. I ask her, she needs to tell me three things she learned, she did at school. And then the new one I've been asking her is, tell me something I don't know. How many times has she told you something you don't know? A fair amount. It usually takes a little coaching. I hope she doesn't catch on because she could just tell me about some social interaction yeah. she had during the day. Because I mean, that's 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 yeah. a true answer. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, she told me something about we talked about the Wildcrats rickets. <laughs> we told her about Wildcrats, you know, that Wildcrats platypus episode, right? Mm-hmm. She pulled something out of that the other day. Like, oh, I didn't know that about platypus. There you go. Did she mention the platypus's penis? No, no, she didn't. <laughs> what did she mention about the platypus? Um, oh, on its bill. Would that be a platypus? On its bill, it has um, another sense. Like, it's not touch. It's kind of a, I don't know if it's electromagnetic or sonar or the something. Electro, but yeah, they like, have a sixth sense on their bill. Yeah. That's what do. she told they me do. about. They have electroreceptors. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to what sharks have. It's yeah. Like where they can detect. Uh, I didn't know that. So yeah. that's the that's the, one of the more recent tell me something I don't mm-hmm. know's wars. I have problems with the sixth sense things because humans have hundreds of senses. <laughs> we just we we exclusively say, "Oh, we have five. We have a whole bunch of different senses that we are always uh, using." So and, I love that question, though. Yeah. Allie, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, no, that's cool. Because it's so open ended. She can take easy outs some days, and like I tied my shoes at lunch, <laughs> and then other days she could, you know, um, come up with something. Well, good, that's like great because I mean, like I said. Even like it's, even, it's, even something you love becomes tedious sometimes. Even some even a question like that will have good answers and bad answers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and so it. She can really define the parameters yeah. of the question. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the reason I keep it so vague. As long as she doesn't complain about it, like I don't know, I, I know you know everything. <laughs> like you keep thinking that, girl. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, it did remind me that those guys, you know, that those those chuckle fucks who were there at the end with the uh, Oregon thing, when, uh. when they were complaining, you know, they, they were they were yelling uh, over the radio because they had these. There were people who called them in the, those last couple of days, and one of the things that they were complaining about before they finally uh, <laughs> shredded was 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 Common Core. <laughs> so it's like what this whole thing was about a fucking Common Core. <laughs> what so. So Common Core math is different from what we learned, right? There's yeah. there's not the carries. There's the um, find the groups of tens. Mm-hmm. Common Core subtraction is exactly the way we were taught. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Which surprised me. I thought there was going to be some new way. And then Ali showed me her subtraction. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, it's exactly, you have to borrow numbers from the next mm-hmm. column over. I, I, just, I told you last week about how I was giving Ellie like thousands and millions digit, um, not not digits, but numbers in the millions mm-hmm. and like subtract these. And she, she dug into it. She, I, I kind of said, think about what you know, because she was doing two digit right. or maybe three digit subtraction. So I gave her four and like nine digit subtraction. Like here, subtract this billion from this other billion yeah. and um, think about what you know and do what you think is right. She got it. It's like that's good. That means she knows. That means she's she's you learned. I mean, I gave her the clue to apply the rules yeah. she knows, but you know, from there, but, it's, she, but she was able to apply the rules she knows. Which yeah. is, and we've been working on uh, multiplication and division a little bit. Uh, I find it's really helpful. She, she's to the point where I can say she doesn't have like huge multiplication tables memorized, but the ones that are conceptual, the ones that are intuitive. You know, and Nines I and fives. And I, well, I started out not saying times. I started saying, "What is three groups of two? Right, right. And that I think that was mm-hmm. huge. What is, um, you know, things like conceptually four groups of four. Right. You know, like bigger than that. You know, f- when she knows the the five trick, she knows the ten trick. You know, they're tricks, really, right? They're basically, yeah. Um, but you know, it's like. So she's so now we're to the point where I can say times, and she has enough conceptualization around multiplication that she can get it. And we're starting on division now. Mm-hmm. So division is is we're just starting on division. How many groups of how many groups of this goes into this number? Right. If I have ten apples and want to split them into two groups, how many are in each group? Yeah, that kind of thing. But that's how I'm teaching her you know with this whole numbers that are intuitive conceptual mm-hmm. visualizable and uh you know from there you know then that you know once you get beyond that then you have to if you're going to do it in your head you have to have certain tables memorized from there you go into logarithms and then from there you go into uh well from there you go into integration and, and differentiation i'm just you know for now it's uh <laughs> you know trying to get her to conceptualize the process mm-hmm. before she has to memorize the tables. They don't memorize tables anymore, do they? I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like I said, she's adding and subtracting hundreds right now in class. Yeah, there's no sense in them memorizing tables. Yeah. I showed her 
you know, basically, you know, road memorization is, is probably the worst way to learn something. I know. I showed her how to multiply, you know, a number against like a three digit number mm-hmm. or, or two digit number versus a three, you know, two digit number. Um, she doesn't have that down yet. Oh, yeah. I kept the, I kept the actual digits small, but then made them like, you know, 22 mm-hmm. times 11, you know, that kind of thing. It showed her how to add that up. Um, our method of doing it, which is our method. The first method. I, yeah, I, I don't know what the core method would for that would be, but yeah. now that I see core subtraction, there might not be a fancy way of doing it. Core addition, you know, it might just be Common Core might just have that find the tens, you know, as a, a basic foundation, and then after that, there might not be other crazy. Well, I, I think with, with multiplication, what you could possibly do is you could go the other way. We we go this way. We go. Um, it, ones to tens right, to... we go right to left but you could really go tens to ones and just add the the, the solution right you go one times this right you go or you just okay so this is just 10 times this and then this is one times this and then you add those together and there's your answer yeah i mean the common core ma- addition is mostly about simplifying out right the the tens so then you're the you know it's almost like having remainders right you find the tens and then you you do the computation of the remainders um, but if you're multiplying something by thirty nine you multiply whatever it is by thirty and then you multiply by nine you add those two answers together yeah maybe that's it oh uh, yeah because multiplying by thirty should be relatively easy or you could do ten and three and nine or something like that. Maybe that's how they do multiplication. That would be, I think. But then, they're, you know, if 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 the deductions the same difficulty, then division might actually be the same as what we learned. Yeah, right? yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Well, well you you'll be able to tell me. Yeah, that's the cool thing. Who knows? Well, you will know. <laughs> we'll soon. know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would probably approach multiplication that way. Think of your, just just get your. Divisions separate them out in, in groups of ten, and then add them together. Yeah, it's hard to say because I mean, she's got the whole borrowing numbers thing down. Because that's what you're doing ultimately is you're still adding it together, but you just you, you're yeah. then introducing a step of indenting over. Yeah. She, I think she'll get the indenting. I, It'll be curious to see what Common Core... Yeah. I should look it up. I'm sure the internet will tell me what Common Core multiplication looks like. But, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. I'm just excited that she finds that fun. Cool. And the one thing I've been looking for, one thing I would love to find... Maybe not. I'd love to find it, but I'm not sure I want to pay for it. Um, if you ask Allie right now what she wants to be when she grows up, she wants to be a teacher, right? Because the only woman... In at work that she really sees is her teachers. I, by the time she's like twelve, I want to find some kind of like afternoon program where she can see women in engineering. Mm-hmm. She needs to see women in engineering. I could. There's lots of videos I could show you of women doing math stuff and physics stuff, but I don't know if she's. I need something yeah. that engages her, right? Yeah. So. Um, a quick example one of my coworkers, his son is at um i forget what school but they did this whole little video contest for pennsylvania like um 
manufacturing is fun type thing. And they went to, you know, the local manufacturing place in the town, right? And the place had like one woman engineer who designs stuff, right? And, you know, I'm like, Allie needs to meet her, you know, that kind of, I mean. Well, I mean, kind of thing. Allie, it doesn't matter what Allie wants to be. Well, it's what Allie wants to do, but she likes math. She likes science. But the only women she sees is her mom who stays at home and takes care of the house and her teacher. Well, so she just needs to... to she get... needs to see... So she's she's so into biology, right? She loves the wild crowd. She knows so much about animals. I need to take her to find something at the zoo. Mm-hmm. I need her to see some naturalists at the zoo. I need... And then she likes math and stuff. And, you know, sure, she can be a zoologist. I won't complain. I think, you know, if she's making something or designing something. What so, does Max want to be with you guys? What's Max a Jedi? Be? Or a Sith? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a feel for what Max wants to be. Um, probably be a gunsmith, but <laughs> I don't know. A truant. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he's like any boy. Yeah, mean? of course, of course. Yeah, and I don't want to put too much pressure on Allie, you know, but there's this, you know, there's this fade that happens around twelve, thirteen years old with girls, where girls who typically who like math and science, culture gets in the way. Yeah, socialization gets in the way. But right. I mean, it doesn't get in the way; it just introduces itself a lot strongly. It more does. Strongly. And but if I, I like, I'm not going to force it. But if I can introduce Allie to women in STEM, mm-hmm. I think that'll go a long way to let her know that there are women in STEM, and it's a viable career path. Yeah. You know where what she sees today is not. Hurt. So she has a woman technology teacher. And Allie knows she's not a very good teacher. Yeah. She recognizes this in second grade. You know? And she's made several comments about how not good As her technology teacher is. As they say, it, it doesn't is. take a good actor to recognize a bad one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a shame because... Okay, so come on, Seneca Valley. You want to, you know... Have all this STEM stuff, and your elementary computer teacher is shit. You well, know? I mean, getting somebody who knows computers, uh, there are a lot more lucrative options out there than teaching. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> There's no um, solution to any of these. Well, problems. you know, I've used the phrase before. Those Actually, who, there is a solution. It's Bitcoin. Those who can do and those who can't teach, right? I uh-huh. mean, we've all said that, except for the teachers among us. Uh <laughs> I mean, from my perspective, that that makes perfect sense. Like I'm trying to teach you this, uh, or trying to teach this uh, physics stuff that I can't do, but mm-hmm. I can learn the concepts and teach those. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But you also didn't, you know, invest your life to uh, educating the youth of America. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know at the time that I loved it as much as I do now. I may have if I had known at the time how much I loved it. That ship has sailed, uh, and I'm happy with where I'm at 
really. I mean, I'm making good money, uh, and I'm doing stuff that is not um, is not boring, mm-hmm. uh, or it's not it, it's not tedious. I should say it can be tedious, but it's not like the same shit over. It's not riveting or something. It's not I'm doing the same thing all right. day every day. There's new challenges I constantly have to go through. Uh, so that's cool, and I'm making good money at it, and I can. You know, and and I have a, a lot of freedom at my job too. You know, we've been friends for a long time, and I think this is probably the first time you've ever said that you've been engaged in your job. You know, it always has been a means to to pay the bills. So, I, I, you know, this is something different. I think I've never heard you really say. You know, again, it, it, maybe you don't have the same love for what you do as I do, mm-hmm. but it seems like you're a lot more engaged at this job than I've ever heard you been engaged at the I, job. I would say that's probably true uh, for for a lot of a, a lot of reasons. Um, part of it is just I, I think I've reached that ten thousand hour <laughs> hour rule where it's like I don't have problems hitting conceptual things that that would have stopped me before. Uh, you know, I really see my way through these things a lot, a lot easier, um, and so it becomes more fun to do these sorts of things. Uh, at the same time, I know much more about office politics, how to handle those things. Uh, I know, um, I, I know so much more about. There, sometimes just keep your head down, just <laughs> don't comment, um, just. And if you just do your thing and do it, you know, do it at least enough so that you'll be happy with it, then everybody else will very likely be happy with it, too. Yeah. You're, you're going to be your big, your biggest critic. Sure. No, so make you. sure you're, you're happy with it. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, you know, that's a different Greg than, like, any working Greg that I've talked to in the last 15 years. So uh, I'm very happy for you that you found a place there where, you know, everyone's a winner. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Sounds good to me. I got to pee again. So let's wrap this up. All right. <laughs>